Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. My guest today is my friend and editor, Blaze Bryant. And Blaze is going to talk about his two new shows on WCAA. So, Blaze, how are you doing? Cynthia Poehler, it's great to be here. Thank you for giving me some time to talk about my shows. Normally, I have about a minute to do these things typically. I, in effect, have 28 minutes to talk about two new shows. It's a pleasure right. to be here. And admittedly, a little weird that I get to edit me and I'm a guest. But it's 2020, <laughs> right. the year of the weird. It's all good. Very glad to be here. Right. So your two shows, um, they look both look pretty interesting. So tell everybody about what you'll be talking about on the radio. Okay. Do this as succinctly as I can. Not one of my strengths. The two new shows are Blaze and Access, which is a little pun off of my name. And that's spelled Mm -hmm. B-L-A-I-S-I-N, Access. Mm -hmm. This is a show that relates to, and the, the tagline of the show is connecting the community to the disabled world. So for full disclosure, I am a person with a disability. I was born completely blind. My eyes, much like my maturity, sense of humor, and radio skills, they never fully developed. Um, About one in three people who have a disability are employed. Thankfully, I fall into that category. There are also Mm -hmm. a lot of programs and services that exist not only here in the Albany area, but around the country that we're going to be, uh, that I'm going to be talking about. So this is not only a show just for WCAA, but also for the entire country and world via the Pacifica network that we are thankfully so affiliated and tied in with. The, mm-hmm. This show is going to run Fridays from 10 to 1030 and Sunday afternoons from 2 to 2.30 here on WCAA. The other show is called Blazing History. Blazing mm-hmm. through history one week at a time. And this is kind of an offshoot of a podcast that I started back in May uh, called Blazing History. And I decided, so before I started doing this show, I did a fair amount of political stuff which I just frankly got to a point, Cynthia, that I give you a lot of credit for being able to talk about politics and a lot of the shows that you do. Uh, mm-hmm. I give you all the credit in the world. I just got to the point where I couldn't do that anymore. So I decided to reach back into a grade school passion that I have had, which is history, both American and or U.S. and world history, um, mm-hmm. and I'm going to highlight what's what's happened that week in history. Okay, now let's talk a little bit about uh, your disabled podcast, uh, radio show. That's pretty sure. interesting, and what I find interesting about it is 
even though we never discussed this way, you know, you're you're totally blind, as you said. And it's really interesting when you and I talk about the shows that I do, you know, you might have insight um, as far as what you hear that a sighted person might not hear. Would you agree? Well, a lot of that, Cynthia, is more because of the various radio and broadcasting training that I've had as opposed to my disability. I graduated from the College of St. Rose in 2014 with a bachelor's in journalism, broadcast journalism. Uh And in 2017, I went to the New School Center of Media uh, here just off of Wolf Road. And I owe a lot of credit to Joe Donahue from WAMC, who is my radio mentor. And it's been a while since I've to Joe. Uh, Hopefully someone tells him that I've mentioned him on the show in case they beat me to it. Uh, And the likes of Paul Conti, a former news director at Channel 13. Mary Alice Mulgard, who has been in the industry for a very long time in a few different states. Mike Quartz was a professor of mine at the New School Center for Media. There's a man named Dow Smith, who was a news director in several large media markets, Miami, Detroit, I believe also in the San Francisco area as well, who taught at Syracuse University at the Newhouse School for Communications, which is regarded as one of the best, not only in the country, but in the world. And I know I'm leaving people out, but last but not, certainly not least, I want to thank uh, Kalen Brown, who was a reporter for the Times Union for a long time, now teaches uh, print journalism. She taught me how to write and how to be detail-oriented. So there are so many people, and if I'm missing anyone, I am so sorry. That's just how many people there are that have had an impact on me who I frankly can't thank enough. So, no, it's really not about my disability. I Maybe in the sense that I have had to train my ear to be more zeroed in on things, whether I'm crossing a street, listening to traffic, or hearing something, technical thing as I'm editing a show or those sort of things. Uh, yeah, it, it, it has more to do with the people I was able to surround myself than my, my disability, I guess. Mm-hmm. So on your show, on your new show, yeah. besides, uh, besides being um, sight impaired, what other kind of disability do you think you'll be covering? This is going to be a cross-disability show, and my issues are going to cover cross-disability or issues that impact uh, people with all types of disabilities, whether you're a wheelchair user or you are blind or visually impaired, have a developmental disability. Um, I mean, the, the list goes on because one of the things that is 
overly recognized is the fact that an issue that impacts people with disabilities is a human and civil rights issue because we are human, and roughly one in six people in this country and even in the world have a disability, um, whether it's mm-hmm. visible or invisible. The other reason why I'm doing this show too, Cynthia, is because there is a pathetically gross underrepresentation of people with disabilities in the media. Um, I, I've had to deal with this personally, trying to get a radio job after I've graduated college have never really been afforded the the necessary opportunities. And I do think in part because of my disability, because there was more of a question about how I was going to do A, B, and C versus what I could do for the the company. And this is something that everyone with a disability faces, at least that has a, a visible disability. And then, uh, you know, for people who have invisible disabilities, ones that are not readily apparent, mm-hmm. you know, they, they have their own sets of challenges in terms of disclosing that they have one because it's not readily apparent. So I want to, in this show, give people, whether it's people who are, um, you know, actively recruiting people with disabilities, people with disabilities themselves, I want to be able to, as I said before, the tagline is connecting the community to the disabled world, give people on all sides that opportunity to showcase that people with disabilities have a work ethic. They don't want to necessarily be the beneficiaries of Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security systems that do not give them a lot because the allocated resource numbers go back to, I would even, you know, in some cases, the 60s, you know, the, the Lyndon Johnson Great Society. Well, that Great Society, it ain't so great now. Because a lot has changed in the 60 years since he's been president, or 55, 60 years, whatever that number is. You know, you and I talk on a weekly basis. Sometimes we even talk daily. And, you know, all the stuff that you do, you're employed, you know, you, you have a social life. You enjoy life, and even though I know you're blind, I don't consider you disabled because you participate. Um, What do you think? Well, thank you. That's extremely kind of you. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with attitude. I was blessed, and I still am blessed, to have parents, and family members who encourage me, I'm going to use an Anne Marie reference and how apropos is it as there is still snow on the ground from a few days ago, 
spread your tiny wings and fly away. Um, mm-hmm. As I quote the song Snowbird, my my family has always encouraged me to do that. And I have been a camp counselor at sports camps for the blind. I have been mm-hmm. around the kids with disabilities who were never really granted that opportunity and being able to, I guess, kind of instill my attitude in them that you can achieve what you want to achieve. It's just having the right attitude and surrounding yourself with, you know, the people who want to give you a shot and do whatever they can to help you out. Um, Right. It, the, I, it was so amazing to see how those kids, their attitudes changed, and the the parents couldn't believe it. Uh, which, I mean, you don't do this stuff for the credit or the praise. At least I don't. But uh-huh. it's certainly nice to hear, because we all like to be, I think, in some way, shape, or form, complimented, even if we take them humbly, uh, as I mm-hmm. try to do. But certainly it's far nicer to hear that than, oh, you did nothing for my kid. Why did I pay all this money to bring my kid to a camp and you got nothing out of it? Right. Now let me ask you this question. You were born blind. How soon after you were born did your parents and or the doctors realize that you had a, a visual impairment? Cynthia, I remember it really, really well. I was one week old. I mean, I I remember it vividly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But no, I I was a week, I was a week old. It was pretty obvious uh, right then and there that there was a cystic growth on my eyes uh, and something had to be done. And I, we have some very dear family friends who, uh, said to my parents, "Take them to Boston. They live. They live in the Boston area, and um, I, I have prosthetic eyes. Uh, they're glass. They're not, you know, the wooden ones like you would see in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, I've been asked that question. Believe it or not, I have actually been asked if my eyes are glass or wooden. Um, yeah, it's just amazing. You, sometimes you just can't make people up. But it was, it was so pretty you obvious. Take them out then." Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, which, uh, you know, knowing that people are hearing this at 930 in the morning and it's a holiday week, uh, I I won't get into that too much because then we'll kind of fail the, there's a sort of standard in the media called the breakfast test. And for some people, you know, that that would not pass the breakfast test, but yes, I can. And I, and I do need to do it occasionally to clean them. And that's as far as I'll go there. I remember one time I had asked you if you were given the opportunity, the surgery, so that you could see, you said you wouldn't because you would have to relearn everything. Does that statement still stand? And then 10% because uh, it's it's a very real the way I kind of explain it to people is I literally would have to learn how to read and write 
the the news cycle and and seeing things on TV. Cynthia, I believe it or not, I'm someone that doesn't have a lot of patience. And uh, if I saw something that I don't like, I'd be like, okay, get this, get this sighted crap out of my head. <laughs> Literally, get this out of my head. I don't want to see it. It's this, you know, I, I already have, I'm, I totally embrace my, my sort of vague pictures of what the world looks like and that sort of thing. Um, I, I feel very confident with who I am now. I don't want to have to have to learn how to navigate the world with another sense that who in the world knows if I like it or not. Well, you know, you and I had a, a couple of conversations right before COVID hit and everything was shut down. You had gone on vacation and you went on a cruise and I believe you went to the Caribbean, am I correct? Yeah, yep. Uh, to the Bahamas. Okay. Right. So you went down south, and you were there a week, and you said you enjoyed it. And I'm thinking to myself, can't say. It would be, I I just find that, as a sighted person, I find it incomprehensible, but, you know, you would take a trip like that and be in an other environment altogether and enjoy it, but not really enjoying the sight that a, a better sighted person would. I found that very interesting. Well, Cynthia, it's, and I do not mean this in a rude or disparaging way, but, it, you know, it's a statement like that where I think my my show relating to disability I need to do because, you know, the, these are – these are kind of tough statements to hear because, yeah, I I was able to perfectly enjoy my vacation. I got I, I got to hear dolphins jumping out of the water, and I got to feed a dolphin. I got bitten by a stingray, and I was the only one in our whole tour, and it surprised me. I was like, oh, bleep. Wow. <laughs> um, I, the, and, and also, too, the – the drinks on the ship did not suck either. Um, the, the, the food, eh, it was okay. It was well, good to, you know, eat a, you know, get back and eat a nice uh, home cooked meal. But no, it, it was it was a great time. It was uh, a very needed vacation, and uh, you know, there was so there was so much to be entertained with that even though I can't see it I was still able to perfectly and enjoy it you know right right along with my sighted girlfriend I'll tell you I I went on a cruise a number of years ago um and I went down to Bermuda and when we were on the high seas going to Bermuda and as a sighted person, I, w- I would look out, you know, the deck and just see ocean and oceans. And you feel yeah. like isolated. Oh, you're here and, and all you see is ocean and 
God forbid something happens. It was pretty daunting, I think. But we have a few minutes left, Blaze. I'd like to talk about your history show a little bit. Sure. So uh, the format's going to be what happened in history every day. It's it's going to be kind of a highlight show of what happened this week in history. A lot of it, see, I I like to have audio to kind of tell the story. Um, so I, it's it's a matter of looking through what happened this week in history and pulling mm-hmm. different different audio clips. Um, you know, going going online and finding stuff on YouTube to pull from, because who in the heck wants to hear me just talk for a half an hour? Who wants to hear a 29 year old guy or um, talk about history for 28 minutes or 29 minutes? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's also some other stuff that is. Um, in the works as well. Um, I, I have friends that do history podcasts, and I want to give them a space as well um, to to promote what they're doing. Uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, really, in, in, I, community is very important to me. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's that's why we do community radio. My opinion, right. you don't do community radio just to do community radio, just to brag that you have a show. Or if you do, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Uh, mm-hmm. I care about community and I want to contribute. And being able to utilize my my talents and, and my skills as a radio personality to to do a radio show through community radio, I mean, really – there's you, you can't replace that value. Um, it, it's it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. Um, I, I'm really I'm really looking forward to both shows. And, and invariably, there are probably going to be you know some tie-ins um, with each show um, or, or to both mm-hmm. shows. In particular, in July when. Um, in late July, when the Americans with Disabilities Act was passed, ADA back in 1990, uh, I can almost guarantee that my history show is is going to be really intensively featuring that. I mean, as well as my disability show. And thank goodness I've got seven months to figure out how that's all going to work. Uh, I, I I love the challenging challenge of being able to find and recruit guests and just I, I I love that aspect of this is all just really exciting to me. Now remember when we met it was at the it was at the Tulip Fest. That's and you was, were yeah. walking you you were walking past uh the WCAA booth that we had and you started talking and you know you got involved up until then were you aware that there were low power FM stations sprouting up you know in the capital district and in other parts of the country 
Yeah, I was aware of low power FM stations. I I think low power FM stations are sometimes and or I should even say oftentimes you're not going to get better radio than low power FM stations because there's not some corporate person with an agenda. Um, I mean, I, in no disrespect to, uh, you know, iHeartMedia or uh, Palmo Broadcasting or Town Square Media, which are the three big uh, media corporations in this area, at least on the radio side, um, you you have a freedom that you don't get with it with a corporate uh, station. I mean, even NPR, and I was an intern at WAMC. Um, in 2013, so about seven years ago, mm-hmm. NPR, there's a, there's freedom that comes with NPR. Is it as much as a community radio station? No, but it's certainly a heck of a lot better than the corporate structure, of course. But yeah, I, you I'm know, aware of it. The one good thing, the one really exciting thing, I think about low power stations. It's low power. The signal doesn't travel that far. But we have streaming. So no matter um, who, who turns on their computer or, or on their phone and they plug into WCAA, they could be in Schenectady, Scandinavia. They could be in Hawaii. So streaming levels the playing field quite a bit. Wouldn't you agree? It does, but we also have to remember – I'm going to start that answer again because my screen reader started talking to me. It does, Cynthia. However, the reality is not everyone has streaming access. And to me, you do a show based on who you're going to be able to reach um, – you know, without, without a stream, because that way everyone is able, you're, you're ensuring that everyone is able to hear you. Uh, Mm -hmm. Even if they are streaming, but some people can't, they don't have the, whether it's the actual access to internet or the technological um, skills to access the internet. You know, that's, those are two entirely different things. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it's important, at least in my view, to do a show because, look, the stream can go down. Um, Heck, even a station can go off the air sometimes. But if if the stream is down sometimes, you know, the the signal's still on. And you never know. So that's how you have to do the show. Hey, Blaze, we're out of time. So give yourself a little plug about your two new shows. Okay, quick plug, uh, Blazin Access, B-L-A-I-S-I-N, Access, A-C-C-E-S-S dot com, B-L-A-I-S-I-N, History dot com. Uh, the social media handles for Facebook and Twitter is all going to be the same, Facebook dot com and Twitter dot com, uh, you know, Blazin Access and Blazin History, and that's all, and again, uh, before the access and history is B L A I S I N. 
Blaze, thank you so much. This has been fun. You've been listening to Blaze Bryant. I'm Cynthia Pooler. This is Focus on Albany. And if you like the show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Blaze, have a wonderful Christmas. Everybody, enjoy your Christmas. Have a safe and blessed holiday. And we shall talk again. Thank you. Hey, Cynthia, don't don't hang up. Do that do that ending again because this is airing after Christmas. <laughs>